Welcome to Buffy Virgin, a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. We're talking skin, because it's season 6, episode 20, Villains. I'm your host, cartoonist Dennis St. John. Uh, everybody else, introduce yourself uh, with what you bring to the campout skin peeling party. Ooh, well, my name is John, and uh, I've recently been uh, getting back into camping and backpacking, and I would definitely bring my awesome backpacking stove to the uh, camp out skin peeling party. I don't really want to think too much about what it can get used for, but... <laughs> Sounds like a great addition. And uh, I would bring some uh, nice moisturizing cream uh-huh. and uh, offer that to any potential... Uh, uh, potential victim, right? And uh, let them feel as moisturized and, and luxurious as they can before uh, before their time comes. Because I care. <laughs> also, it'll help for, you know, when you can use the hide later. Yeah. That's, that's right. He, put, he puts the lotion in the basket. Well, my name is Michael. I've only seen Buffy up to Season 6, Episode 20, Villains. And I would bring a small propane stove. Um... I don't know if you guys know this, but the burn bans are pretty intense. I don't know why, but they do not want you uh, making a fire while you're camping. So I would bring a propane stove, just a little propane guy. All right. We got two stoves, one lotion. I'm into it. Okay. Let's uh, find out what we're talking about and listen to the summary. The Summary. Buffy is wounded and taken to the hospital. Tara, meanwhile, is shot dead, and Willow attempts to invoke Osiris to bring her back to life, but cannot because her death was not caused by magic. Warren is bragging about killing the sailor at Willie's and learns that she's still alive. Warren visits Rack to buy protection from Willow. Enraged, Willow goes to the magic shop, where she absorbs great power from all of the books and materials in the shop. In pursuit of Warren, the Scoobies catch up to a bus where they believe that Warren might be escaping, but it turns out to be a robot duplicate. Xander and Buffy try to convince Willow not to use her magic, but she lashes out at them. She will have her revenge. The remaining Scoobies agree that Willow's vengeance will destroy her, and they need to stop her. Buffy looks for Spike for support, but learns he's no longer in Sunnydale. Cut to Africa, Spike is undergoing an ordeal to win his greatest desire. Willow uses her magic to locate Warren, traps him, then sends the same bullet that killed Terra magically through his chest and flays him. When Buffy catches up, Willow disappears, intent on killing Jonathan and Andrew next. All right, uh, let's go to Great Lines. Great Lines. Um, I picked from Willow, Bored Now. Wait, we should all say our board nows, like in our in our version. Okay, Dennis, yeah. you go again. Do your do your best theatrical board now. Oh, that was it, but I'll do it again. Board now. Board now. Board now. Travis, I like yours. This, you got you captured the sing songy nature of I think uh, Willow's delivery there. Well, people can vote. <laughs> <laughs> Which board now do you want to hear? Right after you've been flayed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my great line was uh, was Xander when uh, after Buffy's heart has been stopped and then uh, restarted by magic, uh, he says, uh, "Buffy, you've got to stop doing this. This dying thing is funny once, maybe twice." That's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's it was good. amazing. It was. So Do you sweet. think this counts as a time that Buffy's died? Is this? Were we going to count this? Uh, I was 
I was going to ask, because uh, I have, yeah, when we get into the kill count, which we'll do right now, that's a possible Buffy death. Uh, I was going to ask the doctor if we count it. Yeah. He says yes. Okay. Oh, All yes. Right. Well, 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 she had no, no electrical activity in her, in her heart. Um, you know, men on the street would say that sounds like death. And, and I, would, I would be favoring to agree with that interpretation. <laughs> Get a man on the street in here and tell me what's going on. All Once right, the man well, comes in here, though, he's not a man on the street. That's true. <laughs> Can we get his opinion from the street, please? All right. Well, we also have a bunch of books, um, a robot version of Warren, one non-fatal back axing, and one flayed Warren. So there we go. Uh, let's jump into Weird Noticings and Trivia. Weird Noticings. So uh, I think the way the outside scene is shot, the lighting and seeing an ambulance again is very purposely reminiscent of the body. Yeah, only this time they uh, sent the uh, puberty patrol as the EMTs. Did you notice that? <laughs> puberty patrol. <laughs> uh, just that one dude's really, I mean, they both look kind of young, but it's really the one guy's mustache. It's just makes him look like he's about 12. <laughs> I'm surprised. This is like the first time we see a really good exterior shot of the house, like how the gate works and how that how their backyard works and stuff. You, you really get, you're like, oh, I, to me it was, just, and it was all in the daylight, which was great. So you really got to see the set. Yeah. Maybe it's just so jarring to always to see daylight in Buffy that it feels like, oh, this is a reference to something. And they, they <laughs> shot it different too. Was, there were like longer takes and it was, it was shot beautifully. Well, right away, you know, we're, in the room with Tara, who's been shot, and we're with Willow, and uh, she uh, immediately is trying to bring her back and uh, cast some resurrection spells of some kind. And I love this back and forth between her and Osiris. Yeah. <laughs> Osiris. Not how I picture Osiris, but that's fine. Just this fog monster that she's yelling at. <laughs> uh, but, man, that's insane, like, the power level of magic she's dealing with where she's, like, getting into it with Presumably a god yeah. over Terra's death. It's just I mean, last time she, you know, tried to resurrect someone, she needed the urn of Osiris. That's like, you know, calling the business number and getting the like <laughs> assistant. But now she's so powerful, she has his cell phone. Mm-hmm. She skips past all that. <laughs> right, and it appears that she banishes him or something because he's screaming at the end of this conversation. It's why customer service is a real delicate balance. <laughs> 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 anyway it's just an insane scene in a lot of ways that just like takes us through just a really intense dramatic arc of like you know her bargaining with you know death essentially and then just uh turning like with rage against it i mean it's just an awesome scene to set the episode and it's so fast i like it we didn't have to journey somewhere there was no ritual we're right right into it like before yeah it would have been a, a jar or something she had to acquire. No objects. Yeah. Just yelling. Yeah. And I, I think it was brutal when she, when she was, uh, when they explained, you know, Buff, that Buffy's death was not, was brought by magic, so magic could reverse it, but that Tara's death was of the natural order, a human killing a human. And Willow just says, how is this natural? Which is a huge point. 
and uh, completely complete it's just a brutal thing to hear because it is it is not natural by any definition of the word to me at least so I was just brutal um, how was this natural I mean yeah that's a huge comment yeah. I know we're we're in the US base so we're always obsessed with gun violence and gun death but that's that's just a it's how I feel yeah strong scenes yeah. Oh, and then Willow trashes the magic box. Yeah. What kind of trashes? It's more of a natural, more of a natural disaster than, than a wrecking ball. She drains them books. I yeah. I would love to know what Mike thought about that uh, effects shot of all the, all the book ink moving <laughs> up up her arm into her hair. I thought that was great. It was such a well pulled off thing. You know what? I have that problem all the time with books where I read them and nothing really gets in. So I think yeah. <laughs> how that worked. <laughs> so much prefer- preferable to reading. That's a good you can effect. only do it once. <laughs> and I was, but I'm surprised they do the full style change too, right? Like hair color changes, eyes change, like that many books at one time. That's that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. dude. Knowledge is power. I mean, we knew this. The pen is <laughs> mightier than the sword. Um, <laughs> I would I say for years they should burn the books, you know. I think it's interesting. We don't really think about it, but, you know, the magic shop had all these dangerous texts that were never destroyed. And so they were laying in wait for Willow. I mean, this is what happens when you keep nuclear weapons around. <laughs> Someone is going to use them. My two cents? Yeah, yeah that's a good call. Chekhov's books over here. Although I will say, if you uh, if you freeze frame it um, and look at some of the text that's being sucked up into her arms and stuff, uh, the bits that you can read are a very basic text on vampires. It's just like mm-hmm. says some very basic things about like <laughs> they suck blood and um, crucifixes. You can only read little snatches of it, but it seems like somebody like it's like the Wikipedia article on vampires. I mean, there's pentagrams being pulled up and stuff also. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's other stuff yeah. going on there, but. Uh, All right. <laughs> I'm sure descriptions of how math works are boring too, but those formulas. (laughs) Well, no support for Warren, the AKA the Slayer killer at the local demon bar. And have we been to this bar before that Warren just pops into? It looks like it's a new one. So this is at least our third demon bar that I can tell. I mean, okay. So this is not Willie's place. Cause I was like building up a whole head cannon about like how, uh, you know, Willie got ran out of town and then this guy took over the bar and uh, I don't know, it's sort of the demon cheers. Yeah, well, we've seen the outside of Willie's before and it's not in a basement because okay. we've seen uh, Spike get thrown out of it. Right. I say we add this to our locations for our Buffy wiki or, or Buffy map. Well, the, speaking of the Buffy map, I mean, this is a little out of order, but uh, we do see a blood map of uh sunnydale which really weirdly shows a river in the uh set to the southwest of uh sunnydale which everyone knows is ridiculous because uh sunnydale has the ocean to the southwest yeah <laughs> don't really know what to do with the blood map i mean if we're going to talk about the blood map now that was i love the blood map because like, yeah it was a great effect yeah mm-hmm. it's such a strong thing of like it's tara's blood being used and it's like a callback to like Willow's shirt magic she uses, like, it re- reminds you of when she uses Willow's, or Tara's shirt to, like, hug her, and it's like... Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, it's that is so much better oh, than, like, 
you know, if they were using like a hologram or something to like show a map, it was, it's like it's this physical object that magic created out of death. It's like so brutal and good. Um, but before that, uh, Don finds Tara's body. Um, that's a sad scene. And just I decides mean, to hang out with it. That's really yeah. like upsetting and to think about. I mean, they really know how to use Don to for sad scenes this scene, man. This season, yeah. man. Yeah, and Rack shows back up. Surprise. Rack is uh, back. Rack, Rack attack. Is back. <laughs> and Rack turns out turns into Willow's hype man. He's like <laughs> <laughs> This girl is coming that, for you. Is it me or is Rack's place seem a lot cleaner this time around? It might be. He's got I, like yeah, pillows I think, and I think it's because we get a wide shot and it is yeah, it is pretty clean. <laughs> it's well lit by contrast to what it was before. And there's a bunch of people in the waiting room. I mean, this get things are changing at Rack's Maybe he's place. leveled up, you know. I mean it's not like he's just uh Yeah, maybe he got laurels. like a small business loan or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, we learned that it's five bucks if you talk to the right people to find right place. <laughs> <laughs> Only five bucks. Uh, so Willow is a literal backseat driver. Um, <laughs> this is I, I have dreams sometimes where I have to drive from the backseat, where I have to like be driving while, uh, while leaning over. So it was weird to be like, oh, there's a magic solution to this. Super <laughs> annoying. By gesturing to- emphatically? <laughs> It'd be super annoying to have a dark willow in the back seat, man. Dennis, do you have a really long steering wheel? I mean, how are you driving from the back seat? I'm like stretched over the seat. I'm like stretched okay. over, uh, and I can't control the speed. It just keeps going faster and faster. Ugh. Sounds like life. Sounds like the car we're all in. Yeah. yeah. There's no. There's no subtext to that. I'm sure it just means exactly. Just a weird dream, man. <laughs> just a weird recurring dream. So for once in a like Xander Buffy argument, I'm on Xander's side here. I mean, it seems reasonable given the events of like story time is only a few hours ago for them to not trust Spike right now. Yeah, um, totally. I mean, I know a I, lot. Of- I, I mean, I think that would have been a reasonable argument beforehand, but it's definitely reasonable now. I don't really. Yeah, I'm definitely on, on Xander's side with that one. Yeah, it seems so interesting because it's like it's a new episode and we got to move on, but it's like this just happened. Um, and Spike, I think, has driven to Burning Man. That's the only thing that makes any sense to me. <laughs> I mean, the sets would definitely make you believe that. I mean, it yeah. just looks like kind of random tents and like a mix of Caribbean and like I don't know what other gothic elements. <laughs> so uh, I I didn't identify this on my own, obviously, but by searching through Buffy forums, I was able to identify that the guy who uh, speaks to uh, Spike is uh, speaking Luganda, which would imply that he is in Uganda, which is where they speak Luganda, um, which is funny because he drove off on his motorcycle and then appeared in Uganda, like basically the next day, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, like mere hours later. Seems, here's, seems... here's my thing. You know, setting something in like Africa with like, Oh, like this tribal village made out of like um, tires and, you know, possibly racist, definitely cliche, but having like an ancient demon hanging out at Burning Man, very on brand for Spike. (laughs) (laughs) He's been, he's been to Woodstock. Seems Yeah, that's true. I love the idea that it's it's Burning Man and he's just, he's maybe he's in the Ugandan village part of Burning Man or that's just that guy's language and that's, they happens to be the guy. That makes sense. I like that. It's Burning Man. That's great. 
Can't let him <laughs> off the hook. So we're easy. just trying to we're just kind of trying to fix this garbage. You know, and it, it would have been it would have been extraordinarily difficult to get to Uganda like uh, in that time frame back then. With oh, especially being flights. a vampire, having to avoid sun the whole time. Number one, we don't know if he has a a passport. So number two, is he is he flying a chartered plane that's just going to fly over Uganda? Uh, well, he's got to get himself to Africa, and then in theory, he he can bypass customs and border or immigration by by just jumping out of a plane, right? Because he's because he's Spike, he's he can't die. Maybe he's got a parachute, maybe he doesn't. But but first, he you know he's got to get him. You know the it's not easy to do what he's doing. I mean, he would have to get on a private. Pretty expensive Gulfstream private uh, jet. And even then, the range, I don't think it has range. It would suck if you were uh, a vampire and you were like seated in the aisle seat and you have to explain to the person in the window seat how imperative it is that they keep the, the, the shutter closed <laughs> on their window. I'm sure Virgin Airlines does special flights for monsters. I mean, they have to. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the only way to get them there that fast would have been Wolfram and Hart. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Speaking of Wolverine Hart, I always think that demon looks like he could be like Skip's brother. He's like Skip's mm-hmm. serious brother. I mean, does every amazing cave have much like how a, a snail will have a shell or a, a hermit crab will have something it lives inside of? Every amazing cave has just some cool demon that's set up shop, right? Lately, yeah, yeah season six, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, get your those- own cave to creep out in. <laughs> there are those amazing mole demons. I mean, just. Like, was it the last episode? I mean, when they're getting invincibility yeah. balls? Yeah. I really wish, John, you had done the zoom in and enhance for all those pictures in the cave because I was having oh. trouble uh, piecing it together. But it was telling the story of the vampire slayer, correct? Oh, is that what it, I didn't, uh, I didn't look. Does it look like someone's being impaled? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I'll have to look back at that. So that, that's why I thought he, he was there was that it was the story of the slayer and the vampire. Oh, that's interesting. Rack gives Warren uh, a number of magical tricks to uh, help him out, and one of them is a cube with wings, which is I, I think is the Snitch Cube. It's uh, you know in the <laughs> Harry Potter you. world, it, it it came out between the uh, Snitch sixty four and the Snitch Wii. Uh, <laughs> underrated Snitch, I think. Uh, look at you! You moved to UK. Suddenly, you know all about Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> you know what? You know what that cube reminded me of. Click the link and find out. <laughs> I did click the link, and I um, I, I see and appreciate you, sir. Uh, the uh, the after dark flying toaster is excellent. Mm. All about that. Yeah. Okay, that's safe then. I wasn't sure what he was saying. What did you think it was going to be? I've got some trust issues right now. I just saw a movie called The Forbidden Zone. <laughs> Listen, man, living in the sixth dimension isn't easy. It's not easy. It's really not easy. I'm glad that somebody else is uh, enforcing uh, difficult films on everyone. It's not just me. Yeah, John, John's stock has come up. It really has. Uh, so Xander and Buffy both didn't realize Anya was a vengeance demon until this episode. Uh, yeah. It's pretty wild. Does that mean that she lives immor- like that she's almost immortal again? That she's going to live a thousand years? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and given that, it's interesting that she's still working at the magic box. She's kind of working two jobs. Yeah. I mean, she hasn't like fully given, you know, this is 
she hasn't fully given into the vengeance Steven lifestyle. Like she's teaming up now with a Slayer and a Xander, you know. I was gonna say it's interesting that you learned that being a vengeance demon is compulsory. You have to go answer someone's cries for vengeance. I didn't think that was the case. I thought it was more of a voluntary, but she said it was more compulsory. Well, I think a smart vengeance demon knows when to not like be like, I'm gonna just go talk to this witch. The witch has yeah. things covered. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't think I realized it till watching this episode, but just dudes in backpacks running make me really nervous. Like Warren just running off with his backpack, just uh, huh. just like made me a little anxious. And I realized I I wear sometimes. I mean, I think pre COVID, but like I'm I'm a backpack wearer, and so seeing the backpack dude running in the woods, I'm like, oh man, what's in that pack? Huh? Uh, Are you realizing you might have made somebody else stressed by this? Yeah, I think so. Just like yeah. what's in that pack? Wait, oh, you what, know what? Why, I forgot? why is the backpack scary? And I don't, I oh, Warren's him. running from, um, you know, running from Willow with a backpack full of stuff. And like, it's right. just like he's up to, you know, pulls the strange snitch cube out of it. You know, it's just like, what other kind of stuff has he got in there? Oh, so backpacks are scary because they could be full of weapons? Yeah, weapons and weirdness. Or bomb, right? Bomb it's, or like, yeah. it's like Boston. It's like a, uh, feels like a Boston uh, thing to me. Right? Okay. Boston Marathon. Um, yeah. You know what I forgot to mention earlier that really amuses me is when Willow kills Robot Warren and then that bus just stays there for the rest of the scene. I'm always like, <laughs> what do the rest of the passengers think is going on right now? <laughs> Maybe that's what happened with that uh, horrible um, Greyhound beheading in Canada. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it was just a, a robot. robot. Simply a case of robot. <laughs> oh, man, though. So Willow... You know, after getting axed and everything, she fully gets Warren. And, like, it's fucking rough, man. Willow is... Dark Willow is on it. Um, there's nothing like when the ex-girlfriend you murdered comes back to yell at you. Uh, that even got through that asshole's defenses. <laughs> that was damn. Yeah, and then we get to the flaying board now. Um, I mean, the board now thing is always interesting to me because that's what Vampire Willow says back in season three. Right. So it's like this continuity of evil Willow throughout, you know, because like you could think of Vampire Willow as being this entirely separate character because like vampires are demons and stuff. But like here's Willow coming to that same expression again after all these years. The evil version of you has a has a lexicon that is at least um, consistent. Yeah. I mean, it makes you wonder if like Willow is just secretly super bored with everything and everybody all the time and this is what she wishes she could say right but yeah you don't see a lot of people getting fully flayed on tv i mean <laughs> that is none of your skin left well is it though because i have a question <laughs> because um when she flays him he still has his pants on so my <laughs> question is do you think that he still has his leg skin on under the pants, or do you think that she slipped out his leg skin through his waistband? Did you take a, a freeze of this to look at it? I, I did not, but he, he is wearing pants. I mean, my ability to t- identify when someone is wearing pants is maybe <laughs> questionable, but uh, I'm pretty sure Warren's wearing pants. This feels wow. be- because of our track record. I think we should probably check this one out. Oh, I'll get the screenshot. But Give doesn't, me a second. Doesn't, doesn't she then just immediately burn him up with fire? Yeah, yeah. After, afterwards, yeah. though. I mean, there's a second where oh, he yeah. definitely still has pants on. Let me find it. 
<laughs> okay. I, I'm not saying I don't believe you. I'm just saying <laughs> believing you in the past has led me astray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, specifically about the pants issue. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, I would I say if he, if he still has pants on, he still has his leg skin. Well, I got to say, even with the buildup, the chase, and like the torture, Andrew's death's not really satisfying. It doesn't, uh, doesn't bring Tara back uh, for anybody who is hoping that um, you'd feel something great at the end. Uh, I do not feel great um, because I, my, I, just in, I crave a different kind of justice than this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think it's supposed to be satisfying. It's like we're supposed to be like, oh, Willow went too far. And like, yeah. As much as we hate Warren, this isn't the right path. Right. All right, you're right. He's wearing pants. And his uh, <laughs> finger skin is still on. So, congrats. But I liked her use of the bullet that she got from Buffy's body, right, into yeah. Warren. That was, a, that was a cool use. Yeah, that should have just been how he died. I don't know why they had to do the different thing. Yeah, I agree. Because it's brutal. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to be unsatisfying the way that it's... Um, she just sort of like, I don't know, the way that uh, he he does die, and then it's not. Yeah, there's no there's no confession, there's no um, catharsis for anybody. Um, it's uh, she just and now she has to move on and kill somebody else. Yeah, um, I, I mean think the whole the, the whole even when he's being tortured, he's still being such an asshole, and you're like, I'm not going to yeah. get any like he's not going to come to any realization about what he's done. So like, <laughs> similar to the uh, to the ending of Seven. Right. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you hear me? What's in the for the group. family? Um, What's in the flying box? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's the joke. <laughs> All right. Uh, so one thing that's interesting is like last week's episode felt like that episode lasted a hundred years. This week's episode felt like it was over in ten minutes, and I was ready for the next one. Yeah, uh, I mean that's the problem with us doing this podcast is I feel like it's uh, this is not an episode; it's half an episode, um, and so it, I think it's tricky when it's when it's something is clearly part of an arc. It's hard for us to do these 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 uh, these reviews. Yeah, but it is a good episode to me. Yeah, um, uh, let's move on to questions for the group. Don spends an entire afternoon with Tara's body and then is ready for like Warren to die. And Buffy's like, you don't mean that. And they get into the whole ethical discussion of murder. So my question is, is it okay for Don or for anyone for that matter to hope and wish for someone, someone to be dead? So let me frame the frame. This as like Buffy is a slight as a superhero and she has to deal with that super, that superhero like conundrum of murder or not that most superheroes fall on the don't. Um, so she picks the Batman path, but like Dawn is a non-combatant all like, she's not going to actively participate in this. All she's doing is hoping. <laughs> so is that like moral or not? I guess and I have an answer, but oh, you have the answer. I, oh, have, an, what kind of I have an answer for myself. <laughs> I think it's, it's inevitable and acceptable and understandable. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's still immoral, right? Um, you know, I think uh, the world being what it is at this particular moment on uh, October 4th, you know, I've been thinking a lot about if there's somebody who is definitely doing a lot of damage to the world, is it okay? And, you know, suddenly maybe they're not feeling too well. Is it okay to hope for them to die? And, you know, it's probably immoral, but uh, I think think of worse sins. Uh, to me, because I, I guess I'm not so, like, 
I'm against the death penalty, but right. that's like a state action thing. And part of it is like, I don't trust right. the justice system, but thoughts like I'm not somebody who believes in the power of positive thinking. So I don't think our thoughts go out and affect the universe. And I'm not going to feel as established on this podcast. I'm not going to feel guilty about my thoughts. So I don't see right. there, there being any moral wrong about the shit that happens in your head about like, if I wish Warren, for instance, a fiction, or in my world, a non-fictional character, dead. Like, <laughs> well, I'd say I say the there are two. I make that to two distinctions, really. Uh, let, for, let's take Dawn for instance. So Dawn is a juvenile; she's an adolescent. So her moral compass is, and moral code is developing actively. So it's okay for her to 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 make mistakes and to and to in theory, wish someone dead for her own reasons because she's, she's not, her, her, her moral development is, is in process, right? So she, she should be expected to be able to make what we would consider mistakes of, in regards to her choices. So when I think about Dawn, I think it's perfectly normal for her to have, um, make mistakes with her thinking, what we would call mistakes. And then the second part is, is this the real world that we live in or the fantasy world of superheroes? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is a separate, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole separate issue. Uh, for me in the real world, yes, and much like Dennis, I do not believe in the death penalty. Although unlike Dennis, I do believe that our thoughts have some intrinsic value and effect upon the world. Uh, so I have a little bit of magical thinking. All right. There we go. Some would say. <laughs> That being said, in the supernatural world where they live in, where in theory a, a jail would not hold Warren uh, very well, this was this is the faith paradox, right? The human world cannot contain faith or even Warren effectively. Warren much much worse. Um, so, it, it, conceivably, Warren would hurt more people, and he would he would simply escape from jail. So that's that's their concept there. But at least in this case, Buffy is very epistemologically consistent. Since the beginning of Buffy, Buffy unless Buffy, it, summer. unless somebody is dressed as an old-fashioned knight, then yes, that is a loophole yes. she exploits. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which is she she went to town on faith for for acts that was an accidental death, and I still really in my mind can't really wrap around why that spiraled so out of control. Um, but but she's very consistent about her purpose, so that's at least reassuring, and she projects that on other people. That's the funny part. Other yeah. people don't have to have Buffy's moral <laughs> compass. They're allowed to have their own thoughts and feelings, but she keeps projecting. Willow won't do, shouldn't do this. Willow knows that. The, it's like, no, Willow does not care about your moral compass, Buffy. Yeah. That's her own person. At all. It's, that's what's fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. I mean, we have time stamped this episode that won't come out and we'll know the outcome of whatever this uh, global death wish that's taking place right now. So we'll have a sense of the outcome. Um, I guess like for me, um, in the show, I mean, well, in the show, in reality, I mean, I also, yes, no death penalty, please. I prefer a system where there's some kind of justice where people, um, who commit crimes or they do something horrific that there's some kind of justice and not in hell. I mean, justice on earth, (laughs) like, like some kind of real justice, uh, you know, cause we all have a deep sense of injustice when someone, someone does something wrong. And I think, if we're not all willing something to happen, like actively wishing death on somebody, we are trying to will the world to be righted in terms of the justice. We want the 
the curve of history to swing towards justice. And I think our sense of injustice is so great. Um, death feels like a quicker way to get to justice, but it's an unsatisfying way. And it ultimately doesn't achieve the ends that we need it to. Like we need justice to have a greater impact on our lives and the world. Um, I mean, I think with Warren killing Warren so quickly, like it doesn't feel um, like we achieve justice in the Buffy universe. Like there's still a greater penalty that needs to be, well, I guess like greater judgment needs to be weighed on Andrew and <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> I mean, who are culpable in that whole series of crimes, except for the, the random shooting that kills Buffy. I mean, well, it doesn't kill her. It's technically dead, I guess, Buffy and Tara. All right. I think that's the only question. And it's answered for all time. <laughs> so let's blur the line between questions and themes and get yes. into themes and deep stuff. Deep stuff. Yeah, I mean, this really is just a continuation of the previous conversation, but I uh, just wanted to point out um, Buffy's, what she says about this. Um, we can't control the universe, she says to Dawn. If we were supposed to, then the magic wouldn't change Willow the way it does, and we'd be able to take to bring Tara back. Um, there are limits to what we can do, and there should be. Willow doesn't want to believe that, and now she's messing with forces that want to hurt her and all of us. Okay, so what I think is really interesting about that is the idea that Buffy doing something that I think is really different than what she normally does, and then she's appealing to an unnamed higher authority. Uh, it almost seems like Buffy believes in God or something here. Like, so we're supposed, we're not supposed to have too much power. I have to not think about having, you know, I have to, there are things that are out of my jurisdiction, essentially, because they're within some other jurisdiction, right? Uh, I'm not supposed to police Warren. Maybe he does deserve to die, but it's not my job because I'm in charge of mystical things or whatever. And I think it's really interesting that Buffy's appealing to some other authority because, like, that's not her normal positioning of herself. Normally, um, you know, vis-a-vis the Watcher Council, per se, or um, the principal of the high school, like, Buffy tends to take an anti-authority stance. And that tends to be what she represents. So I think it's interesting that in this case, all of a sudden Buffy is the like the calm the, the and the voice of like everybody chill out. There's this, we have a system. Let's let's go with the system instead of taking things into our own hands. That's just not the normal role that she has as the hero. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You got the the principal, the Watchers Council, the mayor. Yeah, the mayor. Uh, yeah. The government. Uh, uh, yeah. The government also, military like, organization. I mean, the, yeah. I, I kind of I get what she's saying, and I think there's I think there's some wisdom in what she's saying, right? Like I think there's wisdom of knowing your like knowing your place in the system and like recognizing when it's something's just not your job. Like I think there's some wisdom in that. I think that there are times when that's the right call. Um, but also like this line that she's drawing of like, well, he's human, so he's not for me to police is a very hazy line. Like not only is there like the uh, yeah the um, the order of what are they called? The the knights that she that she has no problem killing. Um, they apparently have forfeited their lives by allying themselves with whatever. But um, also, I point like, out what about is... like Ethan Rain? Is Ethan Rain a magical force or is he human? <laughs> right? He's, is she allowed yeah. to kill Ethan Rain? Well, Ethan, she didn't kill Ethan Rain. Right, but if she wanted to, could she? Is he magical enough to kill? When does someone become magical enough to kill? When does someone I mean, become? She's definitely she definitely let Ethan Rain go a couple of times based on the right. like he's human probably right because right. to Buffy it's like you either let them go or you stab him in the heart 
Um, but there's so many. I just I, my point is only there's a lot of liminal cases between magic yeah. and not magic. Like, what about the guy? What about the doctor and angel who can take off his limbs? Is he magical enough to kill? Is he have enough humanity <laughs> left that you have to save him? Like, when is it? When is it too much? The werewolf hunters, uh, the werewolf hunter guy, she lets go. True. <laughs> good memory. Jeez. I mean, that's um, a good point, John. I mean, there, what is the line between magical, non-magical things that you can kill? I mean, because or good and evil in this universe. You know, we have to remember the context, our views towards authority and the phrase law and order. It's totally different than what our feelings were that, you know, 20 years ago. And I would say that this, this person, it's a very sort of, it's a very privileged view that law, that human law and order will find you justice. Right. Law and order is different from justice and, and authority is, is, is different from both. It's interesting because Buffy kind of implicitly trusts authority because her powers were given to her by some mystical authority. So I can understand why she's very, where she's willing to, to accept authority in some ways, because that's, that's how she, that's how she is programmed kind of. Um, and now that, now that there's a human authority, she can, she can rely on. It's super interesting because, um, I would say most people would, would definitely not be convinced that Warren would meet justice in a traditional system. Yeah. Well, I, I will point out all of these quotes are more to me about trying to limit Willow than they are about like justice ultimately coming outside towards right. Warren. It's like about the power and the danger of what Willow is doing, changing her. Right. That's like yeah, uh, yeah. The magic wouldn't change Willow the way it does. Is is imperfect and, and untrustworthy. I think yeah, the, you're right. The point is more the danger of going outside of your own jurisdiction. Yeah, and this is a Buffy. This is a season six Buffy who does have a kind of potentially has a larger view than other characters because she's like, you know, a mom now, kind of, and she's been to heaven and hell. So she like has a larger, she has by that a larger view than anybody else, right? The heaven and hell thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it, her tone has also changed really interestingly. And I'm not saying it, it's a problem in storytelling, but like um, just a couple episodes, Buffy seemed like a person whose life was completely out of control and she wasn't able to control what she was yeah. doing with herself. And then all of a sudden she's this calm, wise authority who is like, you know, she's, she's the voice of reason suddenly. And that's I mean, that's because she's rocking mom mode. Yeah. Well, Buffy, yeah. we, Buffy always does amazing during stressful times. How many apocalypses has she steered the That's ship right. away from? Yeah, it's the regular time that she's having a hard time. Which is funny because she says we can't control the universe. Well, then why did you keep stopping apocalypses? <laughs> <laughs> because they're mystical, maybe. But I, I love this quote. It's a super interesting take on her. It's an interesting character development. Hugely interesting. Uh, why don't we do where do we go from here and then predictions? Where do we go from here? So here's my pitch for our next podcast is Atomic Age Cinema, the podcast. Uh, this, unlike, so um, for people who don't know, John and I used to do this weekly movie night with other people where we'd live who host. Who would know that? <laughs> well, I mean, I assume half of our audience knows us personally. Um, <laughs> We used to host. We used to be uh, do like live horror hosting, where it's like, you know, we pick a movie, we do like on stage uh, bits, skits, sketches, and then we we riff 
the movie, and uh, John would make little giveaways for every episode and stuff. So my pitch is like, let's figure out what the podcast version of this is. And I think what it is is we take a public domain movie and we edited it down to maybe like 45 minutes and we play like an audio version of it that we then do riffs over and then we do an opening, a middle, and an end uh, little sketch. And it would be super fun, but it would also be like way more work per, per podcast than we have been doing. Mm. So we'd watch the episode. This would be fun because we could watch the movie, the public domain movie, a couple times together and write jokes. My only thing would be every season of this we should we would do. We would probably only do like what, like eight episodes a season. It would not be a weekly podcast. It would be like, you know, a much shorter run. But I think it would be leveling up for us podcast wise, and it would be fun. That's my pitch. I think I think it's a cool idea. I would focus on doing like a live stream version of that, like do a live version once a month. And then if you are whatever level Patreon, you get something in the mail eventually from John that remembers that episode uh, when John feels like it. It's not like it has to come out <laughs> before the thing. It's just like, hey, when when this happens, John makes a thing sometimes or you get a PDF of something to assemble at home. Oh, um, yeah. But like focusing on a, yeah, focusing on a live stream and then some kind of artifact of that that's available later i think i would like to take this podcast more live because that way Hmm. there's no editing (laughs) or less editing and it just exists as a live artifact that people can tune into because i think the separation from the audience thing that we get now of like posting to youtube and places and then getting feedback from episodes that are now like 10 episodes we're like 10 episodes past that not intentionally just uh inertia anyway i think that'd be awesome i you know didn't get to experience atomic age cinema and I've always been a little jealous and interested in that experiment. Love to see how that sausage was made. <laughs> but I also did my own uh, kind of film screening thing too at that same time. And I mean, I love the idea of hosting and presenting films is a, a wonderful idea. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, to, I think to build the Avengers universe of uh, the kick and uh, <laughs> I don't know the other characters. <laughs> I mean, we would pro- I would, I would pitch, we create new personas for it, but it would be like, Yeah like monster characters or something, whatever people want to do. Um, and it would also be, fu- I feel like we could bring more people in for the writing stage. You know, we could have mm. Yoder come in. Yoder doesn't have a laptop right now, which is a problem, but we could bring him in for the writing stage and then he doesn't have to be on the episode if he doesn't want to, you know, um, we could get more like, I know Mike has like really funny friends, get people come, come in to do bits. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, tons of stand up people. That'd be great. Yeah. That sounds like a fun idea. All right, cool. Maybe it'll be the one. Maybe it'll just live in a spreadsheet forever. We don't know. (laughs) Live in a spreadsheet forever. That's only somebody's idea of hell. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to predictions. Virgin Predictions. Okay. Today's uh, predictions will be many, um, but first I highlighted a, a couple. That, uh, oh, did you highlight even more? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I already had like so many. Okay, uh, but first let's visit your current numbers, Michael. Overall, your accuracy is currently at a sixty-five point six percent, whereas for season six, which we are drawing very quickly to the end of soon, uh, you are currently at a seventy-one point five nine percent still your second best season overall as it currently stands so let us see 
uh, what will happen today. There's a lot of predictions. A lot of these predictions repeat and kind of cover each other's ground. So uh, my apologies for that. Um, that's just how it is. Okay, so season uh, two, episode six, Michael predicted that there will be no Roman gods appearing on the show. Uh, Dennis, so, I'm assuming that you did this because of Osiris, right? Yes, and because so who's Egyptian? Egyptian he's Egyptian. Yeah? He's Egyptian, but the Greeks, the Romans, Egyptians—they all mer- these cultures merged a lot more than we think. Or, okay, I mean we know the Romans and the and the Egyptians did. I. You know, I, I'll, all I did was some quick internet research of, like, it, could Osiris be a Roman god? And I got tons of, like, Wikipedia links to, like, um, you know, there was cross there was cross-culturalization. There's even some places that are saying, like, uh, Dionysus or whatever the Roman version is was a merging of Osiris. So, I don't know. I think it's at least worth bringing up. Hmm. Some Romans might have worshipped... I, I don't yeah. feel comfortable denying it on these grounds. I feel like that would be unfair. If we denied Michael uh, that one on the basis of, of uh, an, what is, I think is largely believed to be an Egyptian god with an Egyptian name, I think that, that uh, he, might, uh, he might kill us. So. <laughs> but Osiris would take care of us, y'all. Osiris was, <laughs> Osiris was the god of the after, underworld, right? Or the afterlife, yeah. Right. I, uh, you know, I... But he was also the god of, um, like, the riverbank and the harvest from when the from the Nile spreading. Um, so that was why they were saying like he might be also part of like, yeah. Bacchus, you know. I mean, technically, Egypt was ruled by Greek rulers with uh, and was conquered by Alexander the Great and then by Romans. I'm fine awarding Michael this. Wait, it's an award. It's a takeaway. No, it would be. A, you know, he said no Roman I said gods. No will Roman appear. gods. So this will be. This would so be I think it's a denial. I say it's a denial. I think we. Leave, I think we leave it open. I, man, it's such yes, a positive we have thing. Any, we have another season. Yeah. If have to, we can deny this at the end. I mean, I I know that they're they like exist at the same period of time. These mythologies <laughs> and like just remembering being in the Naples Archaeological Museum and they're having uh, Greek like. Greek warriors, Greek people buried in sarcophaguses with Egyptian hieroglyphics on them. Oh. But in part, they were doing it because it was like a fashionable thing to do at the time. Like they were fashionably interested in that culture, not necessarily like worshiping in the same in the same culture. Uh, I mean, I, I think ultimately, I think Dennis is probably right. But I think like the the way we think of Greek gods and Egyptian gods, like, come on. I mean, you're yeah, we think of the Pantheons as being, as being separate, but I, I don't think they necessarily are. I, I mean, I agree with you, but like, uh, <laughs> but you're, you're, I, I you're, want to see Zeus. I don't want to see Zeus on the show, right? Come on. <laughs> like Athena shows up to solve a problem, right? Buffy season three, episode 16, Michael predicts Willow will wear the dark Willow outfit again in a future season. Now this is, this one was tricky for me because I think tr- when you predicted this, Michael, this was just after, you know, vampire Willow had shown up. Um, and you predicted this with the phrase Dark Willow, which I think most fans use to refer to what we've just seen in this episode. So I know that you didn't, I know that you meant Vampire, the Vampire Willow outfit, which she's not wearing. She's wearing a Dark Willow outfit. I think perhaps not the Dark Willow outfit. So I think we have to leave this one open. Is I want right? no, I want to give this to him, even though there's that. So? Yeah, it mm-hmm. was one of those things, as soon as he said it, I was like, he accidentally made a perfect prediction. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, we'll give it to him if that's if that's the uh, Travis. If you're all right with that, I mean, she even says 
bored now. I mean, yeah, this is <clears> a dark persona. It's back. Dark, dark Willow. Dark Willow is more of a overarching categorization with, with subcategories. Oh, all right. In season four, episode 14, Michael predicted that Tara will be identified as a good witch. And there's a moment uh, where Willow sort of says something about how you've taken her light out of the world. And I think that that might be close enough. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, light is different from good witch. Um, okay. I mean, I, I feel surprised that it's like some terminology of this hasn't come up yet, but yeah, it's one of those things that we feel like definitely should be happening. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, we can leave that open for now. Um, yeah. If it doesn't come up again, we should address it by the end of this season, but I feel like, you know, there's going to be some language about, Oh, Terry was so good. Right. This one's in. Oh, I see why this one's here. Okay. Uh, in season five, episode two, Michael predicted that the, the Scooby gang will play a new board game that breaks the basic board game trinity of Clue, Life, and Monopoly. So uh, I suppose uh, Clem at least proposes playing Parcheesi yeah. uh, in this episode, <laughs> which is why this is here. I, but it's not clear if they actually decided to play Parcheesi or if they decided to rent videos. So I think we have to leave that one open. We have to go... But- I mean, I, I assume next week we will cut to them playing Parcheesi. And that'll be <laughs> I actually know exactly where this one will be addressed in the future. Oh, uh, we'll see. Okay. Uh, season five, episode four, Michael predicts that Tara will set up a psychic reading spot at the magic box. And tragically, this one really breaks my heart. We have to deny this one because you just never quite got around to doing that. So denied. So sad. Uh, Season 5, episode 19, Michael predicted that Willow will use the lightning spell again because it is so useful. She was definitely shooting a lot of... There's definitely a lot of lightning going around, but she was shooting like a different kind of lightning this time. It was a different kind, but I'll accept that it's a lightning spell. I think that's close enough. She's shooting bolts. Yeah. There definitely seemed to be some lightning when she... um, disappeared at the end of the episode mm-hmm. yeah and when she she cast that spell that like pushes uh xander and buffy back it's sort of purple yeah. cloud but it's lightningy i don't know it seems seems in the same general category i'm going to confirm that one this is a thunder uh, spell not a lightning spell okay here we have uh this uh is going to michael's predicted things both ways around this particular issue but uh just a lot of these um in season six, episode five, Michael actually made a super prediction that no one in the trio will be killed in season six. So that's a super <laughs> denial. Yeah. Season six, episode six, Michael predicts Tara will unknowingly assist Dark Willow whenever Dark Willow emerges in a spell. So I think in dying, she assists Dark Willow in a spell. Uh, is that, but that's not something she well, did her blood, voluntarily. Right? Her blood with the map. Oh, right. oh, sure. Yeah. Um, By, yeah, through the donation of her blood. That's horrible. Okay. That's uh, confirmed in a horrible way. Okie dokie. Season six, episode nine. One of the trio will be killed. That is confirmed. <laughs> season six, episode 10. No more rack in season six. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. You've been racked. You got a rack attack. Oh, man. <laughs> I really thought he wasn't coming back. That's denied. I thought we were done with magic as drugs. Okay, season six, episode 10. Willow isn't giving up magic. That's confirmed. She's back on, she's back on the sauce. 
Okay. Season six, episode 13. Andrew is going to help kill Warren. Nope. Season six, episode 13 is also Jonathan is going to help kill Warren. Also, no. <laughs> uh, season six, episode 13. Here's a super. Warren is going to die in season six. That's a super confirmation. Let's see. Uh, season six, episode 14. Tara's death. This is another super. Tara's death inspires Willow to use magic again. Super confirmation by so many of these. Uh, season six, episode 18. Willow and Tara's relationship will make Michael cry in a future episode. So I just wanted to ask Michael if this is, an, if this is another opportunity this could have happened. I did not cry this episode. I was caught up for the ride, the adventure. Okay. We will leave that open. This is a prediction that is in your own hands, Michael. I mean, <laughs> you just have to think about it. You could, you could confirm this prediction now if you just focus and concentrate. Yeah. Think, think about Don being alone with Tara's body for hours. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Jeez. Just, okay. I'm not crying right now. <laughs> Season six, episode 19. Tara gets a funeral next episode. So in the previous episode, you predicted she would get a funeral in this episode, and she has not. So that is denied. They didn't even move the body this episode. <laughs> they did. They finally did. The coroner okay, came. Yeah, finally. Yeah. After a whole day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Season six, episode 19. Warren will break Andrew out of jail. You're like, you're like Andrew. You, you just have that faith in Warren. <laughs> he never really loves hanging out with us. <laughs> Okay, and season six, episode 19, a super, Willow is going to kill Warren. She did. I really expected this uh, revenge to take place over more episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thusly, your overall accuracy is now at a 65.54, which I think means it's barely moved. And your accuracy for this episode is at a 68.93. So it's dropped slightly. All right, well, I have new predictions. Um, prediction one, Willow doesn't summon Osiris again. I think they, that relationship is ruined. Two, I think we'll hear about Tara's death on Angel. They're going to bring that stuff up. On the show Angel, not necessarily by Angel. Um, Andrew and Jonathan won't be killed by Willow. Willow creates an effigy of Tara. I don't know what that effigy will be, but some way of remembering Tara. doesn't have to literally look like Tara, just something... To, a anyway, memento. A memento to remind her, remind her of Tarot. And super, I think Spike gets his chip removed this season. I mean, this sudden trip to Burning Man, Uganda edition, like this is a, for him to become the real man he always was. <laughs> uh, I think that's what the code is for, clearly. And it'd be fun to see Spike without a chip again, uh, especially if this show's got another season. Dennis uh, confirmed with his face. That's true. What? No, I was just thinking about how I forgot to do recommendations. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> do it now. You can go yeah, back and insert it. Yeah. All right. So, be- <laughs> so let's do recommendations and insert it in wherever, whatever part of the episode it belongs in. Recommendations. So I went totally with the flaying this this week. Um, so I always, I've, I don't know how many times I've recommended Hellraiser on this episode, on this show, but I'll recommend the Hellraiser series again because there's always a skinned man in that. <laughs> um, I'm going to recommend uh, the 2008 movie, French movie Martyrs. Uh, it's part of the French like new extreme movement that was happening around then. Uh, this movie 
really good, super intense. Uh, spoiler has a flaying. Um, but this is one of those movies. It's like, like kind of very extreme. Like I've watched the movie once and I was like, this is a good movie, but I haven't, I haven't revisited it. And I usually can handle this stuff pretty well. <laughs> um, so that's, that's my strongest wreck. And then, uh, Dagon, Dagon also has a nice skin peeling scene. Um, you know, Stuart Gordon directing Lovecraft is always a pleasure. Uh, he also directed Reanimator and From Beyond. That's good. Uh, John, looks like you're pitching Matthew Broderick movies. Just, uh, yeah, there's a lovely little discussion about the evolution of Matthew Broderick as an actor for two seconds in this film. Uh, and so just, uh, yeah, so go watch some Matthew Broderick movies. Election is great. Election's good. Godzilla. <laughs> No Addicted to Love? I haven't seen that one. I mean, it just plays on the rom-com expectations with Matthew Broderick stalking, uh, sharing a stalking with Meg Ryan. They're both stalking the same couple together. It's cute. Oh. Yes, you can probably guess the twist. <laughs> <laughs> They're both killers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think the episode is done. Uh, so I've been your host, uh, Dennis St. John. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dennis Comics, D-E-N-I-S-C-O-M-I-X. That's also my dot com where you can find my comics, Dennis St. John's Monster Club comics. Uh, and one thing I've been working on that I can talk about now is the Snoopy show on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. Uh, new new television series, all focused on Snoopy and the Peanuts gang. Uh I worked uh, on a lot of aspects of that from the uh, Peanuts uh, brand stand, and it was, uh, it was fun to do. The cartoons will be, will be good. Uh, I'm actually pretty pleased with it. So you guys can check that out. And you can also check out Buffy Virgin. Don't forget to rate us, and we hope you're subscribing. You can watch us on YouTube. Our Twitter is Buffy Virgin Pod, and Instagram is Buffy Virgin. You can check us out at BuffyVirgin.com. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you in hell.